Okay, good evening, Abaisai. <coughs> the learning of tonight is sponsored by the Emanuel family. Yurotzen at the schos of our learning. Yamid loy lazare, lazare zare, shleyom shatayim pivim pizare, pizare zare ad oylam. Shmizayich to his bar to call me with the meitav. The schos of our learning should also be a schos for shleima from Mirim Beilu Bas Nachama. Shleich sharech elisrael. So last week we began Shmuel Beis. We saw that David, in a very mixed emotion moment, is coming back from this euphoric victory over the Amalekim who had captured everything and he managed to get everything back. Everyone was unharmed. Tremendous high point. He sends gifts to all the surrounding towns. And we could be sure, and we will see from the Lashon of the Kina that David says over Shaul, that David is confident that Kali Yisrael won the war against the Pelishtim. Why wouldn't I call Yisrael help them? We don't find it was a Tkufa where Kali Yisrael was being chayta. And David assumes Kali Yisrael wins the war. And then this fellow arrives, calls himself a Ben Na Ger Amaleki, and this fellow tells him that not only did Kali Yisrael lose the war, but Shaul and Yenison were killed. In fact, he helped finish Shaul off himself, and he brought along the crown and the arm jewelry of Shaul, perhaps his tefillin, as a sign to David, and David is faced with the stark reality that Kal Yisrael lost the crushing defeat against the Pelishtim. We saw in the end of Shemuel Aleph that some of the border towns, the Yidin abandoned the border towns, Shaul's body was desecrated, and it's a terrible moment for David. Now at the same time, you know, if David was a normal human being, like one of us, David would also be feeling a certain sense of relief that his mortal enemy, the one who's chasing him around and forced him to leave Eretz Yisrael, is now no longer alive. The moment that he must have been waiting for to become king has arrived because the previous king is no longer there, and Shmuel Hanavi had anointed him as king. And one of us would be feeling very, uh, you know, there'd be definitely elements of relief, joy, mixed in with the Tsar for Klal Yisrael. And David reacts, as David Melch Yisrael, the lathe Klal Yisrael, he feels a tremendous Tsar for three things. He feels the Tsar that the Chil Hashem, that Klal Yisrael, the Am Hashem, is defeated and it looks like Chas Sholem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu abandoned Klal Yisrael. He's upset for the loss of life amongst Klal Yisrael for the loss of his best friend and one of the G'dayli Hadar, Yenison, and for the loss of Mashiach Hashem, of the king. And David puts this fellow to death. He feels, it's Ayur Hashah, that there has to be a very clear statement made that it's not okay to touch, assassinate a king, even on his deathbed. And then David turns towards being Mekainim, saying Ekinah, for Shaul and Yenison. So we began just the first Pasuk of last week, We'll start again, Vez Hashem, from Pasuk Yitzayin. David says the following kina on David and Shaul. And the first Pasuk, which we saw last week, the only Pasuk of the kina, the next Pasuk, Pasuk Yitzchess, there's somewhat of a dispute amongst Yerushayim to understand that this is part of the kina or if this is sort of a statement of how bad things are before going into the actual kina. He says, that the Bnei Yehuda are now going to be forced. The Bnei Yehuda are the ones that it says in the Torah, like Hinek Suva Al Sefer Yosha. It's Mavur in the Torah that Yehuda will be the ones Yod Chal Erev Evecha, which Chazal understand 
refers to a bow and arrow, or your hand is next to your neck as you shoot. And Yehuda will now have to go to war because no longer is Klal Yisrael have the protection of the great tzaddik shol, of the great warrior shol, and his son Yenison. And either this is part of the kino, or it's just a statement to his, to his men, a statement of chizik, of strength, that we have to know that all is not lost, that we're going to have to mechazik ourselves, we're going to have to replace him. Sometimes you go to a Levayev and Adam Gadol, and part of the kino, is it part of the kino, or is it charge and a, and a mission statement to everyone who's there that we have to fill the void that's left by this Adam Gadol. And just like when you hear by Ovaya, they'll say that, you know, no one of us can equal Chaim Karyevsky, but if each one of us, we could try to fill the missing Liman Atayra in the world. So a similar concept is saying, to fight like Shoal, Shoal fought hand-to-hand combat. We're going to see in the Kina. Shoal fought tremendous Gavur. We can't do that. We're going to learn bow and arrow and be able to at least defend Kali Yisrael. We, were we able to explain why Klai lost the war? Like, the punishment? So it's, it's not 100% clear. It seems perhaps there's a chait, for, maybe the chait of Neverik It's not, not I, 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 didn't spend, I didn't look into it. So, as Hashem, I have homework for next week. We'll have to look into this some more. <laughs> that <coughs> is going to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. As it says in the Torah. And now the actual kinna begins. Hatsvi <coughs> Yisrael. Hatsvi Yisrael refers either, as many of the Rishayim understand, refers to Eretz Yisrael, which is the Eretz Hatsvi. And he's referring to Eretz Yisrael, speaking Eretz Yisrael, the most beautiful and wonderful of lands. And David HaMelech was a tremendous eye of Eretz Yisrael, to the extent that David HaMelech said when he was chased at Eretz Yisrael, in David's eyes he was being forced to go serve Avedazar. So David turns to Yisrael, Hatsvi Yisrael, the beautiful land, the most splendid land, splendid land in the world. Abba is it possible that on your high points, Shoal lost the battle fighting from a position of strength? He was fighting on, against an invading army, right? Look at Ukraine, we know that it's very difficult to be the invading army. The defender has the advantage, and particularly if the defender's on a high point, he was on a fortified mountain, on your high points, your strong points, how is it possible that that there was Misa, and how is it possible that the tremendous Gibayim, David, Shaul, and Yonison went after? And we'll see that this refrain, is repeated three times throughout the Kinnah, and it would seem, some of the Farshim understand, that it's a sort of a, uh, you know, there, was, there was, a res- was a responsive chant, and they would, the, the, the people listening to the kinna would respond, Eich nafl this was the chorus, as it were. Now there's another pshat in Hatsi Yisrael, if you look at the Marikara, understands that Hatsi Yisrael is Shol. Shol was the Tzvi in the covet of Kali Yisrael, he was the splendor of Kali Yisrael. What was the splendor of Kali Yisrael? They're Melech, right? We know, we can understand. Uh, Another Gadol is the splendor of Kali Yisrael. So how is it possible that the Gadol Adar, this splendor of Klal Yisrael, he was a Giber Otzim, like we're about to say, that he should fall in a battle he should have won. It's a tremendous patch from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So David's adding into this kinna the point that not only is it a loss on a personal level of Shaul and Yonison, it's a battle that Klal Yisrael lost, but there's a sense of tremendous rejection by HaKadosh Baruch Hu because Al-Pidere HaTeba, they should have won the war. They have such a Giber like Shaul and Yonison Fighting from position of strength, and they lost. How is it possible? Al Tagidu Begas, Al Tabasu Ashkel, and don't let the news get out 
and gas. Don't go running around sharing the Basura Teva in the streets of Ashkelon and other Pelishti city. Pen to smachna benoist Pelishtim. Don't allow, because if we're going to let the news out, then the benoist Pelishtim are going to be besimcha pen taloizna, a high level of simcha benoist harelim, the daughters of harelim. We see the Pelishtim are constantly referred to as the harelim. But I'll call upon him. The point is that this news is, it's not just the loss of the personality of the king, but the, the news is the type of news that would cause tremendous, tremendous simcha by the Sayyidina Yisrael because it was a tremendous victory against everything Kal Yisrael stood for. The Kal Yisrael was defeated in such a manner. And David's bringing out the point. Obviously, he's not in control of who's going to sell, tell the news to the Polishtim, but the kinnas, how, how could we allow such terrible news? How could we allow the Polishtim to rejoice over the downfall of the Mashiach Hashem? And then Shaul tur- David turns to the mountains themselves where, Dov- where Shaul was slain. Hore Bagilboya, mountains of Gilboya, Altal Almater. There shouldn't be dew, there shouldn't be rain, Aleichem. He curses the mountains. The Sode Trumois, and there shouldn't be fields of grain, fields that you could bring Truma from. Why? Kishom Nigal Mogin Because what took place in Hore Gilboya is. It appears, obviously that's not literally what happened, but it appears as the Mogin Gibarim, the shields of the great warriors, Shaul and Yonason spit out their oil. In ancient times, they didn't have metal shields. They had hard, boiled leather shields, and they would oil them very well. And therefore, when they were struck either by a spear, an arrow, it would slide off of them. And from the way that Shaul and Yonason were killed, it would, be, it would seem as if their, their shields had somehow miraculously spit out all their oil and they weren't able to be protected. Remez, that somehow HaKadosh Baruch Hu was just miraculously removing our protection. Kishon nigal mogen givayrim mogen shol buli The shield of shol spit out its oil not to be anointed with oil. Buli meshiach v'shamen. Right, which I got the Lashon Hagala and we kasher kalim. So what's Hagolo? I mean, there's two ways of kashering. Libun is to, you know, make it white hot to burn it up. Hagola is to cause the flavor to be spit out from the walls of the cleave. That's this lotion over here of, of, of nigal mogin gibayim. Spit out the, sh- the shaman from the shields. Midam chalolim mechelim gibayim keshes yoinusim leinosig ocher. When Yoinusim went to battle, his, every time he pulled back his arrow... There was blood of the chalolim of those that he killed, the chalav of the gibayrim, the fats of the gibayrim that Yedison would kill with his keshes. The cherev shol, and shol was never turned back empty-handed in battle. Shol was an even higher level gvur. He fought not just with the bow, he fought with a sword, close combat. And Malvin explains that chalav gibayrim refers to fats, is what you see when you're fighting hand-to-hand combat. Shol... And Midam Chalolim goes on Yonason. Shol Yonason, these are some of the most famous words in, uh, in a kinah that you'll see, you find them all over the place. Shol Yonason, Hanehovim, Haniimim Bechayeim, they were beloved and sweet. Bechayeim, they loved each other, they were beloved. Uvamoisim, Lainifradu, and their Ava with each other extended to their final moments that in their Misa they weren't separated. Minisharim Kalumaya Arroyos Gavegu. They were lighter than eagles and stronger than lions. And on a Pashat level, this is saying that they were 
Tremendous, tremendous gibayim. In Mohama, they were like eagles, they were like lions, tremendous gibayim, and they lived together and they died together. Tremendous ava. But really, this refers to much more than their prowess in battle. The <coughs> reference to Rashi says, Minisharim Kalu, Lassis Ritzayim Bayram. They were Minisharim Kalu, Lassis Ritzayim Bayram, to do the Ritzayim Hashem. And really, that is what took place in this battle, because we know they were warned in advance. They were told, you're going to die. Imagine a Novi Hashem comes to you in a Mara, frightening Mara, after the Novi is ready in the next world, in Elam Emes, along with Moshe Rabbeinu, and tells you, you go to battle, you're dying in battle. To go, the, the Gevura, to go to battle anyway, it's a tremendous level of Gevura, and this is the, 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 the Neshorim Kalu, Lassis, it's to go to battle, and to be <clears throat> to never be nifred, not just from each other, but to be nifred from Kali Yisrael, that they were doubles being Mekainen, that as they went to battle against the Plishtim, they knew that they were giving up their lives to Kali Yisrael, and they were never shied away from giving up, from giving everything for Kali Yisrael. B'nois Yisrael al shol b'chena. B'nois Yisrael, you should cry for shol. Why? Hamal bishchem shani shol used to bring back tremendous spoils of battle, distribute it amongst Kali Yisrael, Particular Chazal Darshan from these Psukim, he gave to Anias, he would give them a nod and he would give them the money they needed to go and get married. Imadonim, he gave them not only beautiful clothing, Rashi Taich's Imadonim is that he gave them delicacies to eat coming from the Targum Yenison. Other Mepharshim understand Imadonim refers to the Godim. Imadonim is a lotion of, of, of something that's Ma'adim. Uh, that they were they were begodim. So ma'adim usually it's it's food that has that you know that 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 luxurious aspect to it. But sometimes it's clothing. It's a very luxurious clothing. Hamale adi zohav al Shaul was the one who put golden ornaments on your begodim. So on a simple level, he brought back tremendous booty and tremendous physical success. But also bnei Yisrael, Mefarshim point out, you're able to live with a tremendous level of shalvas hanefesh, peace, simcha. Because you knew that Shaul was taking care of you. And Shaul, Chazal tells us, was very makbid that when people went to war, they would have to make sure that the, the wives were taken care of. And you have to realize the loss. You know, you know just look at it as a king. It was a king who treated you in the best possible manner. Eich nofl gibayim. So again, we have the refrain, Eich nofl gibayim, Mesecha How is it possible that the gibayim would fall? The yedison and the strong points and the Fortified hill should fall, chol should fall as a chol, as a casualty of war. And now, David, in the final concluding sentence of this kina, David turns particularly to Yainison, who was his best friend. Yainison, who he had such a tremendous ava for, and Yainison gave up everything for David. Yainison's a crown prince. We really find in history such a concept of a crown prince giving up his own throne and being Moise Nefesh, literally risking his life with his father to protect the person who's taking away his crown. Unbelievable. Like Rachel and Meno. What? Like Rachel and Meno gave away, you know. She wasn't my Sinefish to, to be no, killed. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Layer, yeah. So rather your, your, your Dimion is actually, Dimion we'll see in a second, because I'll make this Dimion. Tzali Alecha Achi Yenison, he says, I'm, I'm in tremendous pain over my loss of you, my brother Yenison. Na'amtali Ma'oid, you're tremendously beloved to me. Nifl'osa havos chali me'ahavas nasha. Your ahava to me was greater than ahavas nashim. What's nashim? Two wives. David had two wives. He says, your ahava to me was greater than my ahava for my two wives. Why? What does it mean? 
So first of all, on one level, Maral and others say this, is that Ahavas Noshim, as much as a person's Ava for his wife is based on Zivig and there's the Nisham and everything, but there's also the physical component that adds that a Kodesh Baruch put there to help out, but there is the physical component that, that there's an Ahava Tuli Bedava, there is some sort of outside factor. Masha'in came, David and Yenison, it was Ahava Sha'in Tuli Bedava, there's absolutely nothing outside, it was Kol Kulay Ahava of Nishamas Elazev, two Nishamas of Kedoshim, Ahava that comes only from Ahavas Hashem, that was Ahava. Chazal Takaseh, you say, Ahavas Nashim, who's the Ahavas Nashim? So it refers to the Nashim who were the Nashim Ba'il to the Imois, and Taka is a reference, so one of the first says it's a reference to the to uh, Rachel, who gave up for, for Leah. She gave up her, her uh, she gave up everything. She gave up being the only wife of Yaakov and having Klalisol come from her. She gave that up for Leah, and similarly, Yainasim gave up his Malucha for David. <coughs> and then again, finally, again, the refrain, Eich Nafl Gibayrim, the Avdu Klei Melchama, how is it possible that such Gibayrim should fall? It's Ki'ilu. There was, the, 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 there was no weapons. Ashi says that they are the weapons of Klali, Sol, and Yainasim. So this is David's Kina on Shol and his Kina on Yainasim. And again, we see the tremendous personality of David, that David is able to feel tsar for a person who is literally chasing him to kill him. We know that Shaul tried killing David more than once, several times through the spirit of him when chasing him. And despite that, David, his greatness is to overlook all of that and to see Shaul for the tzaddik he was for the mile of Kalisro. Okay, now we move on with the story. What happens next? And this is the beginning of David's maluch. So so following, he you know, put this fellow to death, he was a Mekainen on Yenison and Shaul, and now David needs to make his next move. Now, you know, if it was me, very simple what the next move is, the Navi told me I'm going to be king, Shaul's gone, Kalisol needs a Melech, I'm going to move in and become the king. But really, this is the hallmark of David, and what sets David apart is that David never does anything without being Shaul on a Kaddish Baruch Hu. David asks a Kaddish Baruch Hu, should I go back to Eretz Yisrael? <coughs> and David, first of all, he has a tremendous cheshik and a chuka to go to Eretz Yisrael. That was a oiv Eretz Yisrael. But he's not going to do that without asking HaKadosh Baruch Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe there's supposed to be a different king. Shmuel never said he's going to be the king immediately following. Shmuel never said he's immediately going to follow Shaul. So Mehechetesi is the next king. Now the truth is that he does have somewhat of a claim to the throne regardless of the fact that Shmuel had been Moshe Chimlomelech, he's the son of all the king. Now, there is one son that is left to Shaul. We're going to see about that in a minute. Shaul had a son who will be introduced to shortly, so we'll discuss him when we get to him. So, David asked, should I go up? Yes, go up. Where should I go? Go up to Hebron. The Zayar Kaddish says that the Melucha of David Amelach could not be complete until David went to Hebron and was Makash himself with the Ovis that are buried in Hebron, and then he would be able to be the Melech. The Yal Shom David, the Gam Shtei Noshav Achinoyam Ha'Israelis Avigayel Eishas Novel Karmeli. David goes up with his two wives. Why do we focus on the fact that he goes up with his wives? All the Mephoshim say that there was a that it brings out 
the emuna that David had in Akalish Barhu, because you know it's still technically a dangerous situation. He doesn't know who Kalisha is going to choose as the next Melech, what's going to happen. His life may still be in danger. It's a very unstable situation. Maybe you leave your wife behind. You know, like Moshe Benu left Sapir behind. The Goliath to show establishes I went to the king in your in your palace, you send for your wives. But David gets an Avua from Akalish Barhu, go to show. In David's eyes, there's no reason not to take his wives. Not only does he take his Mishpacha, says, He brought up all his men with their Mishpachas. And then he doesn't, David doesn't sit like a king with all his men around him, fortified. He puts his men, spreads them out throughout the various cities in Hebron, and he himself lives in Hebron, so he's not even worried to have everyone with him. He feels 100% confident that Kalish Baruch told him it's safe. Didn't Plishtim when the bet like Plishtim didn't take over or is this all at this point? So they regained a level of control, but not doesn't sound like they they were in they killed the king. actual <laughs> control. In fact, one of the Farshim points out that the Plishtim, there's a major twist in the story for the Plishtim because they all you know, one of the reasons they went to battle is because the big Jewish war hero David was living among Zen. And they figured David already, you know, he defected. He became a loyal Polishti, right? And all of a sudden, David moves back to Israel, becomes the king there. The Polishti rule in disarray. And we'll see, we're not going to hear much from the Polishti for the next while. Now, the Polishti, one of the reasons they don't attack is that Claudius is sort of figuring out their own internal issues, but we don't hear much from the Polishti. It seems that they were a little bit unsure how to, how to play this when they see that David, who they had been counting on as a friend, suddenly went to Israel. So, David goes, he settles in Hebron, he puts his men in the other cities. Now, it's interesting, one of the Mepharshim, I think it was I in Abba Benel, but I'm not 100% sure, says that there's a reason that David didn't want all of his men to be with him in Hebron. It's because David understood that now, if a Kodesh Baruch tells him to go to Israel, it's the beginning of his Malucha. And if you remember, who, who, who are the men who were attracted to David? So there were uh, there people who had all sorts of uh, it, was, it was the people who couldn't live amongst the regular society. People had various tsaris and enemies and balichayvus. So some of them were tremendous gibayim that stay with David. They're the ones who stay loyal with David all the way till the end. <coughs> David goes through other stories. He's chased away later by the rebellion of his son and so on. But some of the people, it seems, maybe weren't necessarily, you know, things went a little bit against them. They almost killed David. It seems like maybe some of them, David, wanted a little bit uh, distance from some of, uh, some of his men. But mainly put them in the Arich heaven. So the Shevet Yehuda now comes, and they say, listen, we, you know, and it's interesting. You see, the Shevet Yehuda sort of acts as independent authority on their own many times in Tanakh. And Yehuda felt confident enough that they didn't have to wait and try to get all of Kalisol to agree. They said, finish, we're making David the king on Yehuda. The rest of Kalisol can figure out what they're doing. So they came, as David they were Moishach David as king. And even though David had previously been anointed as king, but that was a private ceremony to give him the Kedusha from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but now this is to give him the authority over Shevet Yehuda. The Agidul David Leymar, Anshe Yavish Gilad Asher Kavru Ashal that the people of Anshe Yavish Gilad had been Moise Nefesh, like we learned from the end of Shmuelif, to cut down Shaul's body from the walls of gas and to carry it and take it to Kfura. So David hears about this tremendous heroism, this act of chesed they had done for Shaul. So, <clears throat> and again, unlike 
what you would expect from a Gaisha king. A Gaisha king, you know, Gaisha king, we can look in our own times, you know, if there, when there's a civil war and the, when, when, when the rebel commander manages to take power, the first thing he does is doesn't send nice messages to the people who helped out the old president. That, that's for sure. He puts them all in jail, rounds them up and throws them in jail or has them killed. David, <coughs> very, very different to the way a Yiddish king, Vayishlach David Malachim al Anshayavish Gilad, Vayemer Alem, and he tells them, he sends them a that you did this tremendous chesed b'shol. You buried him. should repay you with chesed v'emes. And David says, "I'm going to recognize you. I'm going to do tovus to you because of the tovus. I have a chorus of that you were moisin nefesh to bury Shaul, who was the one who was out to get me, but." No, because you're a Mason Nefesh of the Mashiach Hashem. So again, David showing his nobility and his appreciation for, for, for the Chesed of Anshi Yavish Gilad. And he tells them, you have to be strong, you have to be warriors. They lived in a border city, like we saw in their first time that they were in, at risk, and you no longer have Shoal, Shoal's Kimesa, Denechem Shoal, Shoal's no longer here. And I will be here to try to mechazek you because I now have the koyich of Melucha since I'm the melech over Bnei Yehuda. Who was Moshechem? There was no koyim. The leaders of Yehuda they did it with Shemun Afarsim, yeah. Okay. But only only melech to melech, or that's Shemun Hamishcha. We're going to discuss over here. But any time that there's a dispute, then you need a Mashiach there's a, uh, you know, some, someone has to, we have to make the official ceremony to show who is the, you know, when there's a melech, ben melech, and there's no dispute, there's no need for Mashiach, it's automatically he inherits, but this definitely wasn't that situation, there's definitely dispute over the throne, so Anshi Yehuda were Moishachim. Now, I told you before, there was one son left to Shaul, now this son of Shaul, we were not introduced to earlier, and the reason is because he actually did not go out to battle with his father, and perhaps he was incapable of going to battle for some reason. And now he's definitely, we'll see from the story, he wasn't a very strong person, meaning strong, you know, on a, not, not on a physical level. He wasn't a person who, he wasn't a strong personality. And there was one strong personality left from the previous administration, and that's the general Avner Bener. So for Avner Bener, Sarat Tzva Asher he takes Ish Boishas, the son of Shol. The Avireyu Machanoim. He takes him to Machanoim. They emlichuhu al Hagilod, al Ashuri, al Yisrael, al Ephraim, al Binyamin, al Yisrael Kula. And very interesting. The pasuk tells us that Avner Bener went with tremendous chachma. He first went to the areas of Binyamin and then to Ephraim, and slowly but surely he built his power base until he ended up being the Melch over all of Kal Yisrael except for. Yehuda, who has David. So we now have a situation, which unfortunately is a situation for most of the time period of Malachim, although at this point it's not only for seven years, where Kal Yisrael split into two kingdoms, and we have David over Yehuda, and we have Ishbaishis over the rest. But if you see, it's very clear from the Pesukim, we'll see much clearer from the story as it continues, that the real power over here behind the throne was not Ishbaishis, the real power behind the throne was Avner Bener, who appointed him to king, and Avner Bener is actually held, although he was a tremendous tzaddik, is held responsible by Chazal for prolonging the time during which they did not have 
David is Melech. And the reason Avner did it, so Chazal tells us he dashed in the Pasuk. So Rashavir says, He had a Pasuk that says that there's me two kings from Binyamin. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Yaakov Avinu, and that Navu was told to Yaakov Avinu when he already had all his children except for Binyamin. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling him in the future, so obviously the child who was yet to be born would have two kings that would come out from him. So obviously there would be two kings from Binyamin, there had only been one so far. So Abner Dashim from this Pasuk, even though everyone knew, like Yasa Shevim Yehuda, that eventually the Meluch would go to Yehuda, but he Dashim the Pasuk, there was still another king that was beef from Shevim Binyamin. Now just to finish off for tonight, what's wrong with the Joshua? What's, so it could be nice, there were two kings. But okay. still, he's held to camp by, by, by Chazal that maybe he should have uh, he should have hurried the Meluch of David. But I'll call upon him the just to finish off. What's this name Ishbaishis? It sounds like a very interesting name. So in Divrei Yomim, he's referred to Mifibaishis. You think Mifibaishis? Yeah, no, no, that's, that's that's a grandson. We'll get to that. But uh, he, he's coming later. Ishbaishis. So in in he's referred to by a different name. He's referred to as Ishbal. Ishbal sounds like Ishbal, the man of Baal. And Baal, we wouldn't want to say that. It sounds like he's the man of the Baal, first of the Zara. So it seems like it was changed over here, and he's referred to as Ishbaishis. He's referring to the Zara with the term Baishis instead of referring to Ishbal. So, and really, it was Eshbal. It was one word. But it sounds like Ishbal, so they changed, it's changed over here to Ishbaishis. That's where this unusual-sounding name comes from. And Bez Hashem will see next week what happens between these two kingdoms and a war which unfortunately breaks out. And Bez Hashem will see that next week. Shkech. Yeah.